Hello and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill, Gracia, Don, and Steve, and Craig. And we're missing Dave today for COVID reasons, but we do have a special guest star in the studio. You may have heard her work previously because Steve copies off the smart kid in class. It's Christina. I want to say hi. Hello. Uh, our, our last episode, for those who missed it, maybe Christina too, was all Steve reading Christina's work, and it was very, very entertaining. <laughs> she and did a good job writing it. I just did a horrible job. Reading it, right. <laughs> I think the best part is stuff that listeners didn't hear. At the end, he's like, um, so, Craig, can you just take out the word Christina? <laughs> <laughs> Christina doesn't want us to use her name. So. I was like, what? You should have said that at the beginning. And we all want to say her name 500 times. Oh. It was the funniest part of the whole episode. I literally laughed the whole ride home. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Christina may be a somewhat regular guest star. Not coming to every episode, but she's going to fill in as needed. So, that's good. And before we go too much farther, we are changing the format of our podcast a little bit. Mostly my fault with cheerleading being what it is for the next couple months. Um, We're only going to release one episode a month, it sounds like. Yeah, and if we can do a little bit more, we'll uh, we'll release here or there. But I think once a month is doable for all of us. Yeah, at least for right now. So, yeah, if you're interested in getting your fix on our podcast, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. And that that would be sufficient. And still keep making suggestions. I like the drink suggestions and the uh, suggestions for who we should cover because those both are helpful for all of us to see what you guys are wanting to listen to or drink or whatever. Yep, absolutely. So speaking of, what is the drink of the month? (laughs) (laughs) Well, today is New Year's Eve. Happy New New Year's, everybody. Uh, So I wanted to do a champagne drink, so I did a Raspberry Royale. It is a traditional drink that they serve sometimes at New Year's parties just to, like, make the color probably um is a little bit raspberry flavor because it is uh chambord is very sugary it's just one ounce of chambord and top with prosecco or um any kind of champagne that you're going to use uh, i kind of had to judge how much champagne to put in because we're not using champagne glasses so i think i did the proportions pretty close but uh what do you guys think do you like the flavor yep yeah really good oh yeah nice and light right not going to get too drunk no tasty <laughs> beverage Yes. And the mocktail version of that, you would just use... Uh, yeah, for the mocktail, I brought uh, sparkling apple cider, and I was going to use the syrups that we used in the past ones. We have raspberry, strawberry, lemon down there, so Dave could have kind of mixed and matched with whatever flavor he would like. Mm-hmm. Great. Sounds wonderful. All right, well, we are going to just get rolling into the episode then. So um, I've been wanting to kind of do this episode for a little while now, Um, Part of my series on rage, I guess we'll call it. Um, But this episode, um, I wanted to do, so I'm covering kind of Ben Roethlisberger and his alleged sexual assaults. But in that research that I was doing, you know, it kind of becomes obvious that we as a society allow, particularly professional athletes, but also a lot of celebrities to get away with crimes or to be minimally charged or to be released early or those kind of things, particularly when they commit crimes against women, whether that's assault and battery, um, spousal abuse, or a sexually motivated crime. Um, And I think as a society that we are responsible, we hold a a certain accountability to this, right? So that's kind of why I wanted to to talk about these these things and kind of keeping that in mind is the broader conversation as we go through it. So interrupt as you must, (laughs) snowflakes beware. 
Okay. All right. So for those who don't know who Ben Roethlisberger is, uh, he's frequently referred to as Big Ben because he is six foot five, two hundred and forty pound uh, quarterback, currently with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He um, started his journey, I guess, as a quarterback, as a youth, obviously. He played for Miami University, and he was drafted to the Steelers in 2004. Um, when I was doing the research on this, I wanted to make sure, you know, that everybody was kind of familiar with what he's done um, <clears throat> as a quarterback, because currently this year, he's uh, not, not doing so hot. He is much older. Um, I think he's in his late 30s. Uh, so his his passer rating has gone way down. He's really struggling, and they are talking about retirement. He's uh, no Tom Brady. He is no Tom Brady. Big and slow is getting, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to keep in mind, you know, maybe you would hear this and go, oh, he kind of sucks. But um, back at the time these crimes were committed was a different thing. So um, on average, actually, Big Ben's passer rating is generally in the high 90s, uh, and several times it's crossed the 100-point mark as a passer rating. He's gone to the Super Bowl many times, and he's won twice. Now, when so. you say passer, you mean football? Yes, yeah. football. Not making passes at women. No, right? passer uh, rating is a football stat. Gotcha. So, so yeah. And tw two times in his career, um, he has been accused of sexual assault. So that's what we're going to call this. And again, allegedly, he committed these crimes, so he's never been convicted. Uh, so the first time happened in July of 2008. At the time, his passer rating was um, very high. In 2007, he was a 104 passer rating. In 2008, it was an 80. And in 2009, it was 100.5. And I just want to keep pointing that out because at the time, um, based on his passer rating, he was really doing well in his career. He was very successful. He was a very lauded quarterback. Um, so anyway, in July of 2008, a woman named Andrea McNulty. She's uh, like a night manager at Harrods in Reno. Um, she's called to his room to fix his television. And when she gets into the room, she states that he um, restrained her, threw her on the bed, and raped her. Uh, she said that she was very clear that she did not want to participate in this assault, uh, that she said no, she communicated properly her intent to, um, or her, you know, not interest in having sex with them, and that she even begged him to stop. Um, so she had to say this, of course, because, you know, we have to prove that we don't want to have yeah. sex more than they have to prove that we did, I guess. Um, she went down and she reported it to the night to the other manager on staff who told her that crying and shaking would be a waste of time, you know, and that actually she could probably get a raise or a promotion if she actually had more sex with Roethlisberger. And in fact, um, you know, the company would be really happy with her, and a lot of women would love to be in the position. Was that, that a male in. telling her that? It was, yep. Yep. So after this, she goes on to, um, she tries to press criminal charges. Basically, she's kind of ignored. Nothing happens there. So um, Roethlisberger and the Harrod nightclub both deny the charges. Uh, so in 2009, she presses a civil case um, because she can't get anywhere criminally. And an employee of Harrod's at that time testifies via an affidavit that she'd actually bragged about the encounter. So the whole company is kind of against her 
saying that she wanted it, she bragged about it, blah, blah, blah. She goes into treatment for mental health. Um, she struggles for years. She's actually an inpatient for a period of time after and as a result of the encounter, according to her. Um, so in civil court, the first time in 2009, her lawyers offer uh, kind of like a plea bargain, except it's civil court, so it's not exactly the same thing, where they say that they will drop the suit if Roethlisberger admits to what he did to her and donates $100,000 to a Reno charity for abused women. Uh, Roethlisberger's lawyers laugh it off, claiming that the request is bizarre, and they refuse to comply. Uh, eventually, this gets settled out of court in January of 2012. Um, so he's never admitted any wrongdoing. This is still alleged. We don't know exactly what happened there that's the case but they paid her off and we'll never know how much that okay. could we don't even know if it was like we'll buy you a coffee and you can just go home or if it was like a quarter of a million dollars we have no clue yeah that's a closed closed statement and race. even the offer before though wasn't for her it was for him to just acknowledge and then to donate to the charity so it's not like she was looking for money she was looking for him to just admit it right she was originally looking for money right but i think that it didn't sit no go very far. it said she was looking for a donation to charity yeah so she may have when she initially filed the civil claim it may have had a dollar value attached but her lawyers reduced that's what i was just saying the lawyers reduced it to asking for his confession along so with so she's donation. trying to save her reputation maybe and I she mean, all those oh, sorry originally she wanted criminal oh, she did but she, she couldn't did. get anywhere you know, that's, with criminal that's charges that's the thing so it's not like uh, if we're going to say originally she was looking for money, no, originally she was looking to put him in jail. Right. Yeah. And she has a lot of out-of-pocket expenses. I mean, she went into rehab, like, not rehab, but like a, a facility for women. So she had expenses that came to her that she should be reimbursed for. By Did him. the police ever say why they didn't? I couldn't no. find anything about it. Just, it seems like largely people He said, she her. said. Yeah, and considered it a he said, she said. That's an inherent problem in a lot of these rape cases, though, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. two people have different stories, and how do you know whether this is the case where... Physical evidence. Yeah. There's well, only you... two people in the room, so there's the problem, right? So well, they can, they can do a forensic analysis of the room and determine if there was a struggle. I mean, there are a lot of things that might have... A lot of people participate in, like, rough sex, for example, where the room would show a struggle. Um, a rape kit could be collected, but... That you know, nothing comes What's out of that. What's rough That's sex? Not, I, I'm not sure, Dad. I know dogs have it because I hear them all rough, rough. <laughs> anyway, very good. Oh, Thank you. God, what a time for a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> they come up he at saves the, them up the weirdest time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna hear a few of those. <laughs> um, uh, I will say um, there are other crimes that are he said she said kinds of crimes, uh, crimes like mugging, um, crimes. Similar to that, where people, you know, two people could just say, uh, -huh, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And, but rape has a significantly uh, lower rate of being prosecuted. It has a significantly lower rate of um, getting anywhere or getting any justice. They say now it's only like, of all the people that are raped, it's only like 2% of uh, rapists actually face jail time. Yeah. So you're stepping into a, an, an issue that I have always had a problem with with these things. I believe in the Bill of Rights. I believe in our 
jurisprudence system innocent before proven guilty. So if the only thing you got is somebody saying you did it and nothing else, it's not enough. But you have to investigate. They just stop. Yeah, investigating. they should. They should. That's what surprises me. No investigation. Right? Wow. Boy. No, I couldn't find any evidence of it. And admittedly, this crime was like a long time ago. And because it's never been. And it's Reno, Nevada. I mean, that's a wide open. Yeah. Uh, and it's never been confirmed as a crime. So there's not a ton of information out there. But and, this this kind of crime is inherently, like. Um, Susceptible, susceptible to you know, you can't really prove it because there's only two people there. But um, we should really do more to sort of believe, you know, the actual accuser or the accusee, whichever one it is. The but, accuser. Uh, yeah. um, because uh, you know, there's not a whole bunch of people going out there just falsely accusing people more than people who are actually getting. Um, but raped, if, yeah, so. I would agree. But unfortunately, there are some who do make false accusations. Right, There's a quick like case so I want to bring up. Uh, Brock Turner, though, he there was witnesses that pulled Brock Turner off raping her, and he still didn't serve. So yeah, it's so not just a he said, she said. Sometimes I think it's rape crimes are not yeah, that, serious. Right. That's yeah, we'll, a travesty. That I was agree. terrible. Yeah, yeah, there's there's I in this case, it's exactly what Gracious talking about. Um, this episode, I mean, and but I kind of focus more on the celebrities. Yeah. What about of it. Michael? Um, well, before you we know go the into boxer. The, yeah, before we get into the list of other celebrities, if we can just finish Roth. Yes, of course. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, so at the time, though, by the way, that all this was going on, the NFL took absolutely no action against Roethlisberger, and that's important to note because they'll take action against um, many athletes for smoking pot for example, or, you know, some other violation of their code of conduct policy. But in this case, this one was let go. So then in March of 2010, uh, when his passer rating for 2009 was 100.5 and his passer rating for 2010 was a 97.0, so he was doing very well. This year they went to the Super Bowl actually as well. Um, a college student says that she meets him at this bar, nightclub kind of place in Milledgeville, Georgia. I hope I pronounced that right. Some, seems like I had more letters and more L's than it should have. Um, In Georgia. Anyway. <laughs> um, she meets him at the bar. He buys a lot of shots for her and her friends. And then at some point towards the end of the night, his bodyguard takes her to this like back room in the bar. She walks in the back room and there's Big Ben with his penis exposed out. She says that she immediately said, no, I don't want to do this. And she tries to escape by going out a door. What she didn't realize was the door that she opened and walked through was actually just a bathroom attached to that back room. Um, and in that bathroom, she's raped by Roethlisberger. He falls her in and he rapes her. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. i got to keep remembering to say that. Sorry. Um, it's inherent throughout this episode, guys. Yeah. So she reports this as well to the police. And there are witnesses this time. There are three witnesses. They were her friends. But they all made witness account statements saying that this did happen. They verify her story. That she went in the room and... Yeah, they didn't see the actual rape, but they accounted for every other part of the story. And well, that's pretty good afterwards. circumstantially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, in, then the victim, within a few days or weeks after the crime, alleged crime happens, um, her and her family asked the DA not to move forward with pressing charges because of the intense media scrutiny that she's immediately put under and the impact that they feel it will have to her life and her sanity, right? 
Um, and the DA says, yeah, we weren't going to do it anyway because there just wasn't any evidence of a crime here. So that's another case where they didn't believe her, um, and she she backs off right Did anybody away. talk to that bodyguard? Um, they Who didn't knows? say. They just said her three friends. Because he would have been a witness. He would have been a witness, witness. <laughs> but my guess is he probably would not have been testifying against his employer at that point. Um, which we do see with a lot of other people, you know, like Epstein and things like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so a week later, after all this comes out in the press, the NFL does decide to suspend Roethlisberger for six games for violating their personal conduct policy. Hmm. This gets almost immediately reduced to a four-game suspension, um, which, by the way, to put that in context, is Tom Brady, when he was uh, suspended Deflating. for four games yeah. for deflate gate. Allegedly. Oh, yeah, okay. Allegedly deflate. Allegedly deflate gate. Um, he was also suspended for four games. So now the NFL is likening sexual assault accusations to also using somewhat deflated footballs. Mm. Just want to put that out there. Knowing the NFL, I'm amazed they did anything. But Yeah, well, yeah, I'm that's glad they, they did, did, but I'm amazed. That's all they did. He, um, Roethlisberger received some criticism from people like John Madden, who basically said mm. he should be fired for um, you know what was going on to women. But really, only John Madden was willing to publicly say anything. The owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's theoretically uh, very Christian and very about family values, just <laughs> said he was disappointed in the news, but, you know... That's the first thing you know when somebody tells you they're very religious and family values, is they're not. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know, but in this case, that's that. The Steelers fan base was actually pretty divided on it too. So there the Steelers fan base is and was they continue to be divided on Roethlisberger because one of the um, articles that I used for a lot of my information is a, from Vice, and um, they did this in 2019. Uh, so, because there's still so much division about who Roethlisberger is. Um, anyway, he also lost an endorsement with PLB Sports, which was making Big Ben beef jerky. So you can't buy Big Ben beef jerky anymore. Oh, however, he was able to keep his deal with Nike. And that year went on to sign a record-breaking contract for $87.4 million to Jeez. continue being the Steelers quarterback at the time. Um in fact, in June of 2015, Forbes named him the 11th highest paid athlete in the world. So we all are aware of the accusations against him. We know that there's more than one. Um, but we as a society, Nike, who's usually pretty progressive. So you know, you're going to talk about, I, I had sent you. Yep, I'm not there yet. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, so those are the, the alleged accusations against him. So uh, it is important to know that Ben has never addressed any of these accusations publicly, period. However, this is what you were going to talk about, Dad, was in 2020, um, Big Ben, who had become a Christian after these events, a very devout Christian. Found God. Um, yeah, he married uh, a lovely young lady, it looks like. They have three kids together, and he has not been accused of any crimes or issues since Um this all went down in 2010. So he, he got sober, really, if you look into it. He, he basically sobered up and kind of changed his, his ways. Um, so in 2020, he attends a conference for Christian men um, that kind of helps them, you know, ident be good dads and all that stuff. Um, 
And in that, he's one of the keynote speakers. He blames his addiction to alcohol and porn for his previous indiscretions that had occurred. Um, and this is as close to a confession as anybody probably will ever get out of him. But he does go on to say that the adult entertainment is the villain that forced him to commit various sins in his Yeah, when I read that, I thought, bingo, Mm -hmm. that's it, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that, it's not a confession, but it's kind of as close to... As close as you're ever going to get. If he said, I did it, then he could be charged. Right. So he was like, a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The the adult film industry. Yeah. honestly, uh, men, and I guess rapists in general, can tell themselves anything, Mm. and decide that they are innocent and because you know it was really the adult entertainment industry it was really this it was really that it was satan you know mm. and yeah the devil is it's like blaming video games for gun violence it's the same you can't yeah you still did it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so um, like 99 percent of men watch porn you don't see so many great women are you in that 99 did he just confess did he just confess so you must be the gracia was accusing him of lowballing it i was gonna say 100 but nothing's 100 percent well, <laughs> the ones all that are kidding aside, nine, he's right. No, so am, I, am I wrong, Craig? No. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a 50-50 split today. Women yeah. men. Hey, that's It's first. usually not that way. Yeah, it's usually not. So let's not be making confessions here. Yeah, and look how we're seated at the table. This is kind of funny. It's like divine. Yeah. Yeah, battle lines are drawn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 1950s movie. Yeah. So anyway, so um, that's kind of it um, on Ben and those crimes and his potential confession. Um, but I just thought it was interesting when I was doing the research for this that there was an SI article written on January 3rd, 2017, where they were talking about what a polarizing figure uh, Ben Roethlisberger is. Um, and so in, in they're kind of like interviewing people on the street for part of this. And they interview one woman. Her name is Lafifa Moore. She's 41. She's a Steelers fan. And they asked her, you know, what she thought about Ben as a character. She loves him. Big fan. He's her favorite athlete, she says. And she actually goes on to say that at one point, um, she was approached by just a regular man who saw her wearing a number seven Steelers jersey, which is Ben Roethlisberger's number. And he asked her why, as a woman, Knowing what he did, why would she ever want to wear his jersey? So this is a man saying to her, how could you do this to other women? Don't you know what he does? And her response or her justification is saying, you know, he said, she said, not enough proof. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Stuff happened, she said. But when we need a play on the field, <laughs> we know that Roethlisberger will pull it out. He is a play. Uh, pull what out? Yeah, exactly. What exactly? Actually, another funny, well, not funny quote, but another quote from that, which she means football, but she said, um, Ben, he never goes down. He never goes down. Which I think she means because yeah, he's so tackle. tall, it's hard to tackle. <laughs> we hope that's what she means. But it reminds me of, do you remember that family they interviewed during the Supreme Court justice thing? It was like a woman and two kids, and it was her and her two daughters. And the um, 
the interviewer said to her, would you trust your daughters in a room with a guy like him? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just boy stuff. You know, boys do these kind of things. Like, that comment was similar to that feeling I got watching that event, yeah, you know? Stuff happens. You, you just don't know. You're teaching you know. your teenage girls that stuff happens, that boys can pull your bathing suit to the side and rape you? Like, are you listening to what you just said? Right, yeah. So... So that's but a lot of people really think that. A lot oh, of they people do. really do think that. Yes. And they excuse it away. And that was part of, but you know, what I think. Having women like. do it is like. Well, and that was why this SI article was so interesting to me, was this woman was saying, yeah, you know, whatever. And she even saying she'd been accused, she'd been confronted by men who were like, take the jersey off. What are you doing? She didn't care. Well, let me ask you, Mom, something. If you could. Chrissy, I know you don't have a daughter, honey, but... Um, Knowing what you know about the inadequacies of the legal system to address these kind of complaints with women, what do you tell your daughters? Well, I can tell you what I tell my daughters and my cheerleaders all the time. And in fact, we have recently had this conversation because it is New Year's Eve. So one thing I always tell them is, one, it is absolutely not okay for anybody to do anything to you once you say the word no. Right, so once you don't want to do it anymore, you're done. Right, you don't have to do it anymore. But Jill, those women said no to him. Right, and then I well, you asked what I tell them. I also tell them, um, and in fact, I was even telling my adult cheerleaders the other night, it's okay to drink soda. You don't have to drink alcohol. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to do anything like that. It's okay to have alcohol and drugs, but it's okay not to as well. But you should always keep your, if you're going to have anything, you keep your hand over it. We've talked about this on many podcasts. Um, Or if it's a bottle like that, you'd keep the cap on the bottle the whole time. You have to make sure nothing gets in your drink. You know, you have to be aware. You have to be vigilant. And you should always be with your friends. And see, I'm not trying to put the onus on the woman. No, I say fight. Like, the first thing I always told Megan was, if someone is there and they're not taking no for an answer, you fucking fight till that person can't move. Punch, kick, scream, scream. I, I gave her mace. I gave her a knife. I like do whatever you have to do to get this guy to stop. Because if you've just injured him, I'll get you therapy. But once you've been raped, it it's a bigger, bigger problem. Yeah, Fucking fight till you can't stop. Unfortunately, I think what happens to a lot of girls, um, and unfortunately, I happen to know a lot of personal stories from girls is that they shut down particularly when their attacker is a lot bigger than they are because they don't see that they can get it's got to be frightening it's really scary they shut down and they just try to endure it until it's over yeah and that's what i find happens more to the girls that i talk to Mm -hmm. i guess i'm asking the wrong question I'm, i'm looking for some kind of systemic I'm not trying to throw away the Bill of Rights or anything. Don't get me wrong. But well, I, this... I, I mean, listen, let's let's be entirely honest. It's a lot more than just, oh, there's nothing we can do because, you know, it's just he said, she said. Uh, look at all the rape kits that weren't just weren't tested. True. That's a good right? point. And when they thousands did, of them. thousands, th- they're still out there. Um, and when they did test it, they found not only... Um, they found that something like 30 to 40% would be repeat offenders. So they found that the same DNA came up multiple times in these things. So that becomes, you know, I mean, we convict people on less than that, you know? Yeah. But it can't be the argument that we throw out 
evidence and we throw out, you know, you're innocent to proven guilty. Steve has mentioned it before, though, too. I think it's also training the boys. Yeah. Steve talks about it oh, all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, 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 Steve. Why are we not having a conversation about what we could be teaching our boys instead of what are we teaching our girls, mm-hmm. you know? Well, we great, as society have to change. That's, and that's why I wanted to cover this, right, is we have an accountability as a society to push forward a change. I don't see a lot of, other than you and some people doing things here and there, I don't see a lot of, like, people aren't going into high schools, um, you know, talking to the kids and, you know, boys and girls, you know, and, and nobody's really addressing well, it. It's, maybe not, like, loudly up front in a way that gets publicized, but like I said, I, I mean, as a cheerleading coach for the last 15, 20 years, I've had access to tons of kids, and we talk about this shit all the time. Like, I've had girls tell me all kinds of things. I've had girls say, I, I have one girl who's um, mixed race, and she said one teacher asked her what kind she was, you know, and I was telling her that's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, we have conversations about all kinds of things. And as a coach um, and a mentor, I think it's my responsibility to advise them. And I think a lot of coaches and teachers are probably like that. But it, it would be very difficult to sit a group of people down and explain, you know, Oh, and have it taken seriously like what is sexual assault you know what is the line and you'd get all the weirdo parents who don't want their kids to even well, know that go, sex yeah. is a thing you know yeah. my kids don't do that they shouldn't have to we, sit we know it. in corporate America we get the, the, the training for um, sexual harassment and stuff like that they don't even do that in school do they I I've spent so long. I don't think they do, but that training is a joke. I don't know if you guys have gone through it, but I've gone through it a hundred times. Yeah, it's a joke. And they do it in cheerleading um, through our, like, governing body requires us to do that as coaches and as anyone as an adult. So if you're an athlete and you're over the age of 18, you have to go through this thing. But it's basically you doing an attestation that says, I will not sexually Mm -hmm. assault anyone and I won't. I'll report it if somebody does. That's it. It's not actual training. Right. It's it's insurance. It's a right? way they can check a check a box. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's important that a, an owner of a company or somebody high enough at the end of these trainings says no tolerance here. By the way. Yeah. In the my, only company I ever saw with that no tolerance policy was EDS. Well, I think a lot of companies are getting closer to it, but. Um, just as an Because it cost them, right? On my other podcast, um, The Cheerleading Junkie, I actually interviewed a woman who was doing a project called um, Squad Safe, and she just won, like, she's won so many awards now for a woman leader in business, um, but it basically goes into cheerleading gyms and teaches the staff there how to have conversations. It trains them for what to, like, it's actual training and presentation of preventing sexual assault or identifying the signs of someone who's being assaulted and then she goes on to the next level and they sit down with the kids and they do a training for the kids too that's separate from the adults where they can have like these kind of conversations so this is kind of a new thing and she does get quite a bit of so there is there is some movement yeah some not a lot but But there's a there's always pushback immediate pushback and incredible pushback and uh, from from the parents Christy, who's pushing back on it? Well, some of it uh, is people in government, very conservative, uh, very older. You know, um, Betsy DeVos, uh, under Trump's auspices, pulled back Title IX protections. Um, and so I think that we need to stop uh, knee-jerk saying the problem is that it's he said, she said, or the problem is is this or that. 
Um, that's not really the problem. The problem is we don't even begin to do it. We don't do it. We don't even start any time. Well, how do you solve that problem? Well, that is a ch that's got to be a sea change, you know, in the way that we talk about sexual assault, uh, in the way that we handle it. Can you imagine if we lived in a society where, let's say, only 2% of murderers ever got put away? Like, think about that. You Let's, mean 2% of the people that committed murder right. and were found guilty of it got put yeah. away? Um, there are still societies where low percentage, they're still killing women all over the world in mean, some countries. Well, I, let's talk about people who are important, okay? Let's talk about uh, just all murders everywhere. Only 2% of murderers ever got put away. I, Imagine yeah, it wouldn't a work. world... Everybody would be killing each other there. <laughs> ...where only 2% of uh, robbers were ever uh, found guilty. Only 2% of this. Would we tolerate... So I might have I might have misunderstood. I thought you said two percent of rapists. You're actually saying two percent yeah. of convicted rapists. She's, no, she's trying murders. to put like an analogy, like Only what if we were acceptable of this? Two yes. percent yeah. of rapists ever ever face jail time, and it takes something like, on average, ten or eleven rapes for a rapist to um, a serial rapist. Uh, put it. Uh, I'm saying that backwards. Only something like. For serial rapists, by the time they get jail time, there's often 10 or 11 victims. Well, I think that it's different because when a murder occurs, Thank you. for example, there is a body. And in this case, with a lot of sexual crimes, there aren't witnesses, there aren't victims willing to come forward. Like at this one alleged assault by Roethlisberger against this college girl, not only did she not want to come forward. She I'm deliberately asked. She probably didn't even do a rape kit because yeah. most rapes don't actually do the rape kit. Yeah. Well, they don't because only two percent of rape. It, like, yeah, it, yeah, well, yeah, the rape right. kit is super painful. But but you're you're super comparing painful. like murder to rape. But I'm saying like with murders, there's bodies, there's obvious victims and things like that. With rape, there isn't always obvious victims. Uh, what I am trying to get at is to try to imagine. Uh, because we say that rape is this terrible crime that we are dead set against, but clearly we're not. Like, we're not so against it that we're going to insist upon uh, certain standards of behavior. Half of the country elected a guy who said it's okay to grab a woman by the pussy. There so, you yeah. go. I mean, let's More just talk half. right there. More yeah, than that, half. we're willing to ignore that. Willing to ignore the fact that our president was willing to rape people. So I don't know that we could ever talk about people. They had him on tape. Care, yeah. And I, I think too, um, thinking about that other podcast episode that I did, one of the blockers that she was telling me to like deliver her product, which is a great product, was that gym owners like me, a lot of people would be afraid to have this training because you know would you as a parent look at my gym and say oh they're going through some kind of sexual assault training they must have a problem in oh, their stigmata gym. yeah yeah that, that we're creating this so we're not really you know like we're more concerned with how we look as opposed to making sure that kids are safe you know so it's an it's an interesting problem let me get see if i can get the root cause here is rape a crime of sex or anger or power, or it could power. be anything. Power. What yeah. is it? There's a lot of mental health yeah, problems. Yeah, there's with a it lot too. of problems that go along with rape. But 
I took a whole so course I, on rape one time in college, and that so, was basically what the FBI profiler said, was that rape is such a crime that it's hard to say why people do it because each case is different. And at the same time, the stats aren't real because so many women are afraid to come forward, number one, because some of them are even their husbands raping them or, like, uncles or, like, there's so much rape that goes on that it's so... It's not reported. And then the third party said, is the rape kit. It is very painful. They yeah. scrape your vagina. Like, the things they do to a woman, half of them leave by step three. Right. And it is a 12-step process. I, I want to get back to... I want to get back to something. I want to explore this point, if I can, just for a minute. I believe rape, forcing a woman to have sex, power and anger. I believe that. Why are there so many men who feel this need? I don't think there are so many. I think it's something like, um, based on, I think, all of the information we have, it's something like 5%. The problem is we don't hold them accountable, so they do it more than once. It's like, I don't know. If you're looking to solve a problem, you need the root cause. Power is a problem for some of them. But I don't think that it's just that, because it's a statistic like one in three women will be sexually assaulted or be a victim of date rape so a lot of times it's not necessarily that it's just it could be a date rape where maybe they've had too much to drink she says no he doesn't want to stop he doesn't connect that this is you know do you know a lot of boys to get to steve's point are raised with this entitlement yeah they're they're sort of told by their parents that well if she lets you get this far i mean they even tell girls that if you let him get this far then or what she's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the soda pop slasher was a guy who raped in New York City. He raped something like 27 women. And he did it because of his mom. He hated her so much because she used to, like, beat the fuck out of him. And he always felt emasculated. So he then raped 26 women with a soda pop bottle. Um, it's a gross story. But <laughs> wow. there's my point of, like, people have different issues. Like, he was mad at his mom for emasculating him. So then he tried to, like, show his masculinity on 26 women before the state of New York caught him. The men I've known, the young men I've known growing up, say teenage boys and up, who I knew would do this kind of thing, it was an anger of her power thing. It really yeah. was. Not all the boys would do this. I think who you think would do it, yeah. though. I, I think. think, too, though, like in the case of like Roethlisberger or other professional athletes, there's an ego involved. Like you should want. There's a culture. It. You should want it. Yeah, exactly. You should. The do entitlement. This. Yeah, exactly. Right. I said entitlement. Yeah. He felt he. Hey, I'm Red Ben Roethlisberger. Why wouldn't you want to fuck me? Right. Yeah. And, exactly. And here is um, another part where Allegedly. we get into um, talking about like uh, it starts in school. It starts in high school. It starts in college. I, I am sure, that Ben has been treated. As soon as people found out that he was very good at football, that he could make them a lot of money, um, people started going out of their way to entitle him. And one of the ways that they do this in colleges, and we know this, is what if women is women. Yeah, mm-hmm. they sort of say, "Oh, get the cute, get the cute girls. The the guys are coming in. We want them to come to our school." What what are young men interested in? They're interested in, you know, they want to go in and, and have a great place and a, a good place at a gym and, they and be party. able to go on and have a party. So but school authorities are telling girls this? Or coaches are telling girls this? They're not telling the girls. No, girls are just making oh, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, 
They're, All right, go ahead. Like, this is literally a thing where they just, what they tell the girls is like they're the welcoming brigade or something. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, they're the uh, school, what do they call it, ambassadors or something like that. And yeah. they're just happening to make sure that they pick really attractive women for this. And I mean, it's no, it's no, um, it's not coincidence that whenever you go to school, uh, probably not nowadays, but back then, school, um, like tours, tours and stuff, it's mainly women showing you around and the girls uh. who go to school there. That actually made Michael not go to Arizona State. He looked at Arizona State, which he wishes he went to now, but they gave him some pretty young girl who didn't even know where the science labs was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's an engineer major, and he never saw them, so he's like, the school sucks. Mm-hmm. But then when he got to Honeywell, he's like, I could have paid a third of the education third of the amount of money for my education if I had actually looked at it. Mm-hmm. But they gave him some pretty young girl whose major was theater. Yeah, yeah. but she could have volunteered to do that, and that's yeah. why she didn't know. Because we had a similar experience with a guy at actually Northeastern, and Leilani left Northeastern, but we didn't go into um, the labs that she was interested with. But it's a tour, too. It's not a private tour. Right, right. right. You know, so, yeah. Oh, I think Mike was booked for a private yeah. tour, because yeah. he went, like, during the week. Yeah. Can we do this? You're, you're, you go to the police station. A girl goes to the police station. She said, I'm a, I was alone with a guy in a room and he raped me and I tried to stop him. I said, no. What should happen at that point? She should have gone to the ER first. Well, no. I mean, even if, I don't know if she should have gone to the ER first, but what should happen at that point is they should, it's just like any other crime. They take her statement and they investigate it. It's actually not just like every other crime. And this is something that, like, I, in my studies, I've, I've learned this um, there are trainings out there that police can go through. Can go through, not are made to go through. No, absolutely not. And in fact, study after study shows that police start saying, well, did you drink? Well, what happened here? Did you give him a lap dance? What happened, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Your uncle and I sat in a police car many years ago, and I'm not gonna say where and for what police department, um, we were doing a drive-along. It was part of a training that we were given. It had nothing to do with sex. There were two officers in the front of the car, two police officers. Another car pulls up another police car. So you get car to car, and they're talking. And the police officer in our car is saying things like, I'd love to pull the hair out of my mouth from her. Would Ew, you? Dad. I'm sorry, but it just goes to show you that this attitude it's permeates episode everybody. Yeah, you yeah. can cut it out if well, you Well, it doesn't just... A bit. <laughs> Let's say that there are certain groups that are more inclined to that. It's very sort of macho. Thing. It's a macho thing. Well, and that's where we were talking about the defund the police a long time ago, that women being police officers and handling these kind of cases and going through this training that Christine is talking about would help the staff. Because what, what they basically say is, listen, the person who's coming in to report a rape is a traumatized person. You know, you can't just take their information down and, and expect that to uh, go well. And you certainly can't start interrogating them about what they wore and what they drank. And, and in particular, women know that they're not going to be treated I, but would you be interrogated about things like that? About yes, oh, yeah. you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, There's I'm one just case that was dropped because the rug she was raped on, she said was brown and it was actually black. They felt she was lying. I don't know. I don't know because I've never personally no, like, gone to the police. She station. can't remember that. She's fucking. No, they, and the, I'm positive that it's up. probably they, like 
different cops handle it in different ways too you know so there's like, no set process there should be a rape specialist i think some yeah. police stations or there's a part of a solution that handle yeah. some police stations have women police officers who handle these kind of mm -hmm. crimes and things like that um some probably don't. I mean, it probably is the size of your community. I don't even think it's that black and white either. Yeah. Community, it's not yeah. black and white. Because yeah, every case is so community. different, right? From what I said I, I do want to just, like, jump in. There have been studies. Yes, you'll be interrogated. There there have been studies of, of how people are intake because a lot of these people, and some women may be like that uh, Ben Roethlisberger fan. Just because she's a woman doesn't mean that she's right. going to necessarily be better it's it's about the whole um atmosphere inside of the police station and their attitude and their attitude towards women and their attitude towards sexual assault cases mm -hmm. and their but see i'm trying level. to identify okay wh whatever the attitude is what should the attitude be then what should happen when a young lady goes to the police station and says i've been raped i was alone with this guy and, and you well, know the, there is I, I mean I can forward you some of the information no, I want to know read, what you guys think it, it what should happen I mean we're talking about it's not happening now that's obvious uh, I mean a, a, a full intake should be taken okay. and it needs to be done in a, a somewhat gentle fashion keeping in mind that this person is deeply traumatized absolutely and they have found that you get a lot more uh, a lot more flies with honey than vinegar, let's put it that way. Uh, so uh, a woman will often shut down, and, and I shouldn't just always say woman, because men are raped too, and it, it yeah. goes even, I, I think it's, it's just as bad, if not worse, in many cases, because a lot of these people don't believe that men can be raped. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> it's true. It's Steve. I'm sorry. Did Steve just admit something else? There's also studies that show they shouldn't be interviewed right away. That the police should then send them directly to the hospital for their for their testing because there are there is stuff on their body that needs to be processed and that they're not gonna recommend they're not gonna fully rec remind everything right now and that can be used against them. So they shouldn't be interviewed for a full 24 hours till they're allowed to like process their feelings a little bit. The, the, the rape is reported, they go to the hospital, they get tested, get everything done so that they have their evidence for later. They go home, they're allowed to collect their thoughts in some way, and then they're allowed to give their statement because their statements, their initial statements have been used against them in courts. Gracia, is there like the FBI or somebody that says, this is the way this should be handled? This is the problem. Different sources say different things. You know, like, you don't really don't know what to how do. How does the police departments know how they're supposed to behave in, even in a murder investigation? I think this training that Christina have, has said about is, is a great that's training to get people to do it. So, so that's one thing their, we're lacking. Their base, ab, uh, their base attitudes have to be different, too. Yes. So my whole thing for this particular podcast is us as a society and what we're allowing, how we're not outraged and how yes. we're not doing that. It's not necessarily about the police. And so just in, in evidence of that, I just wanted to talk about a few other um, celebrities or actors just to throw out like a small list because I could have done 18 days worth of, been a whole book. of worth of lists on that. But for example, um, Robert Blake murdered his wife. Um, they sensationalized the case. He's acquitted, uh, found innocent in a court of law. 
Um, and that was the bodyguard. He had a gun at dinner, said he was going to kill his wife. The bodyguard said that's exactly what happens. Turns out the wife ends up shot dead. So you've got to say alleged here because the alleged. jury heard that evidence and found him and innocent. dismissed it, yep. Which they amazed it was very me. very sensationalized. Yeah. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Um, was originally raised on assault charges in 2002, right? Uh, those were, he was allegedly... Um, they said that that could have been models or lookalikes in a sex tape that he made um, with a 12-year-old. And nothing was done to R. Kelly until 2019. Um, that probably could have allowed and did allow for quite a few more victims. Mel Gibson, um, for example, domestic uh, battery against a girlfriend in 2010, three years probation only. But um, this guy is such a scumbag. He's even done things such as asking Winona Ryder about being an oven avoider, an oven dodger. He did that in 1995. So he's... It's being Jewish or something? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she was Jewish. So yeah, he committed crimes He's a horrible race. person, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but, allegedly. Yes, but some of this isn't alleged because some of the... From 1995 on, Mel Gibson continued to have a career and lots of people loved him. He still has a career. <laughs> Billionaire Sam Curtis Johnson of S.C. Johnson, a company that many of us probably buy products from, pleads guilty to child molestation, receives a $6,000 fine, no other no other charge. Wow. Charlie Sheen. Oh, <laughs> he had uh -huh. to be on the list, come on. Assaulted many women, beat them up pretty badly, including in 1994, one college girl who did refuse to have sex with them, so he beat the shit out of her. That was in 1994. Was he found, found guilty of that? Uh, 30 days probation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ruin his life. Yeah, exactly. Quote, I'm sure. But it's not just what the courts did. It's us, too. We continue mm -hmm. to watch his movies, to go to his shows. Floyd Mayweather Jr., mm. one of my favorites, um, domestic battery, beat the shit out of his wife. He was originally sentenced to two months. It was reduced to one month. And then he was let off completely, not, did not have to serve any jail time because the judge realized that he had a card fight, a title fight, in which Floyd Mayweather was paid $32 million. So he didn't have to serve a day in jail for of domestic battery that he was convicted of um, because he had a fight to win. And he did, so that was good for him. Michael Jackson. In 2003, November of 2003, was booked on multiple counts of child molestation. We all know what a fucking weirdo he was. He was acquitted of all charges, so those are all alleged. Um, and Mike Tyson. Yeah, this right? is an interesting one. <laughs> uh, rapes and is, is um, convicted of rape and confinement by a woman named Desiree Washington, mm. who was in the Miss Black America pageant mm. in the 90s. He was sentenced to 10 years. He did not serve 10 years. He only served three. And he went on to later mm -hmm. rape other and assault other women. And now everyone loves him. And yes. everyone. And he was in movies like The Hangover. He was in, you know, and different I, things. You said he, he I, assaulted I, other women, too, after the yeah, fact. I was not aware of that. I, no, I wasn't. He assaulted I, women prior. Right. No, he beat up Robin Givens after. Yeah, right. yeah I, Robin Givens. Uh, and after. And she said that while they were married that he yeah. raped her. Yeah, it was after and, because this happened in the early 90s. Yeah. And he was married to Robin Talk Givens about a guy after. with anger and, issues. Too. And I don't recommend the Netflix documentary because they clearly had a bias for him and defended him throughout it. And hmm. that's the Mike Tyson yeah. did? I didn't watch that one, but the R. Kelly one, they brutalized him. 
Yeah, no, Mike Tyson. But that's the problem with our society is not only like we are somehow complicit in this because all of these people, except maybe Robert Blake didn't put out anything after he murdered his wife, but all of these people and many more continue to put out albums, music. I didn't even cover like Tupac because he's dead. People still love him. Um, uh, Eminem, who has songs about raping his own wife. I'm actually an Eminem fan, right? Like we don't connect and i'm a jackson fan what we're doing yeah i like michael jackson's music too but what are we complicit to what are we allowing to go on by this and one thing that i will say um that i've been really impressed with as many of you know i'm a big seth rogan fan um but the instant that there was uh charges or rumors against um oh god i can't remember his name right now oh Oh, i was just seeing his apology no um yeah you know who i'm talking about Franco, right? Yes, yes James, James Franco. Franco. So oh, the yeah. second he did something. The second that rumors came out about James Franco, yeah, he basically had sex with some of his students. Oh. Joe Rogan, um, Joe Rogan, Seth. Uh, Seth Rogan said, "I will never do another film with him again. I will never speak with him again. I will never be a collaborator of his again because I do not support people who, you know, assault women or do crimes against women, and I will not." And Rogan. Seth Rogen and James Franco have a huge history. Yeah, have history and huge. legacy together. They've done. They were collaborators since the '90s. And as soon as this came out, yeah, he said, geeks, huh? "He said, yeah, yeah. he said totally that's it. Back. I will never work with this guy again." And it takes people like that with real conviction, mm. you know, to say, "Never again will I do this." And James Franco has since come out, apologized, and has said, "I shouldn't have been silent. I should have kind said something. Of. I shouldn't have done it." Yeah, his apology isn't yeah. a great one. I'm yeah. not going to say that it is. But he's at least come out and apologized for it. And and um, like, Seth honestly. Rogen, I'm not. I'm just trying to finish this. And Seth Rogen basically said, "I don't give a fucking shit. Like we will never collaborate again." And that's what we all need to be, in my opinion. I did see that. Is when somebody comes out as you know someone who's like Charlie Sheen. Should we go to his movies anymore? Should we be buying you know music from from R. Kelly or Chris Brown who beat the shit out of Rihanna, right? Should we be supporting their careers? Yeah, Should we be going yeah. to football games, Steelers football games, and buying their jerseys? It's hard to blame society. It definitely shouldn't be blamed. But we have a role to play. Yeah, but it's also it's sort of a circle. Like, um, if they don't convict him and they let him still do his work and career, then it's hard for us to say no to that. True and, with Roethlisberger, but every other person I mentioned in this list, they were all convicted, except for Blake which was a real weird thing that he wasn't convicted. But all of them. Oh, you mean after the fact? They continue to sell albums. They continue to... Look at Floyd Mayweather. He had a fight. It's it's hard to divorce the two. Well, here's the thing, and and this is one of my things, because there are people, you know, if you look back, especially at the things that people have done... I think it is completely acceptable to enjoy art that people yeah. have made that you know now. It has come out they aren't the best people. They've, you know, uh, they may have been very racist. They may have done terrible things. And yet they still have this body of work and you can appreciate it. What I don't think we should do is give money to people in the now who, and continue to allow people to be in power in the now who mm-hmm. are doing these things. And. I think we need to do that not only because, you know, James Franco or this person or that person is bad, but because we need to send the message, the opposite message that we have been sending 
to, uh, you know, all these people for so long that, yeah, you can do this. And in fact, it's, it might even be helpful to you yeah. to do this. Well, I your... think that that's exactly what I'm saying, except for that I'm a big believer. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of our political system, which I don't want to get in a fight with that <laughs> over that right now. But I'm a big believer that you vote with your dollars, right? So you mm-hmm. say what's okay with the money that you spend, right? So do you, whatever, what kind of coffee are you buying? What kind of products are you buying? That kind of thing. Who are you buying things from, right? Th- that's how I think we vote, which is why I'm saying... Like, I would never go to, well, not that I was a big Charlie Sheen fan before, but I'll never go to a movie he puts out or produces or watch another. I've never watched any of his television shows, but that was a huge show, I guess. I feel that way about Wahlberg, but he, it's not rape, it's It racist. was a racist, racially motivated I can't, crime, yeah. now that I know that about him, I cannot stomach him. I yep. keep thinking that when I see his face. Yep. So it's, yeah, I I, I, I think that for fine. two seconds, I just wanted to bring back to Brock Turner. I mentioned him earlier. I feel like Chantal Miller, who is the victim of his crime, wrote a fantastic book, if anybody. She wrote Know My Name because she feels like he didn't even serve anything or get anything. Well, he so didn't. She, yeah. So, yeah, so she wrote a book saying, like, hey, I'm a person. I was a virgin. Here's what he did to me. Like, pay attention to, to what's going on in society. She wrote a very fantastic book. So if anybody's looking... Yeah. If you've got the money, you can hire a PR firm. No, my name is her book. Big lawyers. I mean, our system is not equitable. It's not on a level playing field when you're accused of a crime. So, if you have a lot, said though, because society says it's okay to rape women. Society says it's fantastic. Is that what you believe? That society says? Yes, I think men don't care. Yes, I do think evidence. Give me a data point. Evidence number one. When he said you can grab him by the pick by the pussy. He's saying it's okay to sexually assault a woman. It's okay to treat her that way. And I know a lot of men and women that were like, not only were they okay with him saying that, some men were like thrilled with him saying that because they thought it was so fucking funny. But a lot of women were like, oh yeah, but there's these, I don't like Hillary Clinton's emails. Like it, it blew my mind that you're willing to say it's, it's okay for you to sexually assault me as long as my emails are on the right fucking server. Like really and put those pieces together explain it to me because i don't Mm -hmm. get it but also by continuing to support and buy the products that these people put out um trump and i agree with you that that was egregious i thought when i first heard that story and they had him on tape well that's it for him i was dead wrong not even close not even close not all of society was backing him on that enough Enough for him to be a president. Well, it's a lot. And that one was really blatant and obvious. That was really. I hold the Republicans very, very accountable for that. You should hold a lot of people very, very accountable. Even on the left, people, yeah. We're okay with that? But, like. What person on the left was okay with that? I didn't mean to. Think about, though, think about actually, Britney Spears has recently come out. As we all know, there's a lot going on with Britney right now. But she's recently come out with um, some criticism for Diane Sawyer. And Barbara Walters, because when they interviewed her when she was young about being a virgin, why she, you know, sexualizing this and sexualizing that, these are women who basically attacked this girl because at the time society was so fascinated by whether or not Britney Spears was fucking Justin Timberlake, right? That they didn't consider what they were doing to her at all emotionally. There's a video, I know I've talked about it from Funny or Die, 
um, with Courtney Sodden, who she was basically assaulted with a cell phone by um, that little guy who plays uh, George Costanza in Seinfeld. Really? Yes. Is that allegedly or uh, I watched it. I watched it. You watched the assault? Yeah. So he takes the cell phone and he bangs on her breasts and he's like, nothing in there. Oh, no. He's like, I'm looking for your heart. I'm looking for your heart. Then he takes it to her head and goes, nothing up there, nothing up there. Then goes back to rubbing her breasts. And she's just standing there like... Didn't knee him in the groin elbow. She was 16. Then he says to her at the end, come back when you're 18. Oh, my God. No shit. And that's on film. I didn't think that yep. guy was like it's that. It's from Funny or Die. He should have been, been Jason arrested. Jason Alexander. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. But it was on Funny or Die. It was a skit. Oh, it was a and skit. Every, but it wasn't a skit to her. She talked about it. She wasn't in on it, yeah. yeah. But even if it was, she was 16. She had to be... She's 16. Last no time ago in Paris is a movie you can still go see, which might as well be a snuff film. What was it? Last Tango in Paris? Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Even Sweet Caroline is about him fucking being obsessed with Carolyn Kennedy. Like the song we fucking sing at the Red Sox. It's about him lusting after Caroline Kennedy. Lusting is one thing, though, but assaulting But he wrote a full song and we sing it about, like, she was a young girl at the time when he wrote that. She's like 14. Yeah. Yeah, It's still uh, about child, he's... Yeah. Jerking off to a 14-year-old? It, like, it's gross. In the movie that Chrissy's bringing up, that, that's a real good example. Not that yeah. yours isn't, but... They're both good examples. Because the director and the actor, the main actor there, and I, Marlon Brando, I thought should have been arrested, especially with the butter thing. That was that was the thing. And the thing. What did they so the actress, do those of us who don't Yeah, know. I don't the, know. The, so it was, it was basically a porn film. I mean... It was about an, an aging guy and a younger woman, and they're sexual. But there was a scene in there involving using butter on the woman in her in her uh, nether regions. She didn't know, and, and she did not know it, that the was going to happen. That and they when were it doing was that. Happening, she's like, "What is happening?" And it it was basically a sexual assault on film because they wanted her to mm-hmm. have an authentic reaction. So they didn't tell her that she was basically going. They and both you should have been arrested. That film. Yeah, I have not seen that film. I've not seen the film. I haven't obviously. seen the film, but I have read about the film because it's a very famous it. piece yeah, of work. Yeah, it's a very famous film, and it was yeah. a famous f- piece of film for a long time. You know, I mean, when you look at say Roman Polanski, there are still people. Yeah. There have been people for years and years and years saying, "Oh, geez, we lost this great director because." Because he, he raised a 13-year-old. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, and he can't come back in the country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so sad. It feels like it's been, it was rampant like up until like five years ago. It's still it's rampant. Well, rampant. What, what I mean is like everything's being uncovered, and, and it's like it feels like every other celebrity or anyone in Hollywood seems like there's been something. I well, think you just this is what everything's is. uncovered. This yes. is why. It's because everybody is now walking around with a video camera. Mm-hmm. And that's why Black Lives Matter is coming out because we're able to get more evidence and more proof of things going on. So it's harder for somebody to sweep it under the rug when you can put this out on in an instant on TikTok or wherever else you put shit out. Yeah, you know? talk about he said, she said, or he said, he said. When the cops weren't on film beating people up and killing them, the rest of us are like, well, I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're the good guys, right? We're all set. But then when everybody's got a cell phone, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I had no idea until I yeah. saw this film. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. And there is a lot more people coming out. I mean, look at the, the Bill Cosby thing. I mean, it took... 50? Yeah. 
to 50 women, 75 women to come out and all tell a similar story for anybody to even take it seriously. And even some of the women who worked with them, like Felicia Richard, they're oh, still, they're still supporting him. him. Yeah. <laughs> That's and amazing. they know what he did, you know, like which is crazy. And I like, feel like it's a grooming, though. Like, now that I know so much more about grooming, I think that... A lot of these women are groomed to feel this way. Which could yes. be why he fired Lisa Bonet, yes. because she didn't go for it yep. at all. and she was Grooming is a big part of this, yeah, I think. Yeah, very, very controversially fired from that. Show. Yes. But, but I think still. the Supreme Court case, too, when he was being elected, what is his name? I have to Brett Kavanaugh. Right, yeah. yeah, she came out, and she just sent a letter saying, hey, I'm not trying to press charges, but I don't think this guy should be a Supreme Court justice, because here's what he did to me. So it wasn't even like her filing a case. She's just writing a letter saying like, hey. And there were a lot of people who felt bad for him for what he had to go through for him and his family to even have to sit through those accusations in that court proceeding. Uh, Don't forget Thomas. Most of the Rockless Burger jersey wearing people are in that crowd. Most Mm -hmm. of the Trump voting people are in that crowd. Yeah, I I would say that there is a, and um, there's a reactionary element that likes the status quo, kind of the way it is, like the power structures and the hierarchies, the way that they are, and does not want to see them threatened. And this, these sorts of things, whether it be Black Lives Matter or whether it be um, Me Too or these things, they fundamentally are assaulting the power structure in our, in our society. And there are a lot of people who do not like that. They would much rather have a world where uh, women have to con- have to spend their lives with their hands over their glasses and their keys and their fists. It was one of the first questions Megan asked when we got to I- uh, Iceland. We did a tour with a tour guide, and she said to him, we plan on going to some local clubs. How are roofies here? Like, it was one of her first questions, which I thought was very interesting for a 23-year-old to bring up. And he was like, what do you mean roofies? She's like, so she starts talking about it, and he's like, oh, I don't even know what that is, but, like, uh, sure. Like he was so baffled by roofies, but it was her first question to him. Like when we go out to the clubs, should I be covering my drink? I would do it anyway. But she yeah. still did, of but she was. You do, yeah. But it was like it was a valid question, and and the, it was funny because the people in the group just started looking at us, and I was like, this is a valid question. Her, we're all going out. We're nine women from another country. She's asking you a valid question, and he and he said he's like, I don't even know what that is, but you should always cover your drink. Like, what if somebody puts something in there that's going to poison you? Like, he went the left field, but the fact that she went right there is a change in, in 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 women's thinking. I think because when I was a kid, I didn't think about it as much because it wasn't as big of a deal. No, you know, well, it was. We just didn't know it. Yeah, Megan says this all the time. She says she never understands the new thing where people say like oh you should love people no matter what they vote for she's like no because now i know you're an asshole right yeah like i've just realized that you support somebody who would not like me why would i think that you're a good person yeah i got into a fight you know in my emergent women's emergent leadership institute program that i was in with a woman um and she was talking about it was at the time that the election was happening with trump and hillary and um you know, she was she was kind of talking about, oh, I'm small business and I'm this, and I think about all these other things. And I just said, well, for me personally, the second that you allow somebody who is openly racist, who's openly misogynist, you know, like I not only would not vote for him, I think that should be an immediate disqualifier for him. But now I know more about you that you're okay with those things because that's the message that you're sending. And she was like, well, no, I'm not. But, you know, I own a small business. And I was like, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Like I own a small business too. So I totally get it in my small business. I invest my 
life savings into it, right? So I get it. And I get the fear with small business. I get the whole fucking thing. But, like fundamentally you can't you allow that yeah. yeah and i think that these are the issues that we need to see Boy, their priorities are yeah. screwed up go ahead steve but it, can you equate it to like the roethlisberger thing or the jackson thing where people um divorce the two and you know they have their political beliefs and he aligns with that but he doesn't align with this other thing but prioritization wise they they're voting for him because of the political stuff because that's what he's going office for. Um, this is the man that represents who you no, are. But I think, you know? I think just... divorcing the two, it's kind of, it still is kind of the same thing because Roethlisberger allegedly did those things, right? But he's like representing the Steelers. He's representing the city of Pittsburgh. And we as Americans take a lot of pride in our sports heroes, right? I mean, look at all the tumult the representation that fucking thing, Tom Brady has given us. Yeah, that yeah. makes it different. The yeah. big difference, like I, I would have supported John Kennedy. I wasn't of voting age when he ran, right? If I'd known about his womanizing through most of my life, I probably still would have supported him, which makes me sort of a hypocrite. But I think the difference between a Trump and a John Kennedy, John Kennedy didn't go on tape saying you should do this or do that to women, whereas Trump did. He, Trump was enabling something. He was supporting something and letting it come out again. He told somebody his wife's pussy wasn't tight enough, so he had to get a new woman. That is on tape. I yeah. believe you. I believe that you. That is fucking I, disgusting. She's had four kids, so I needed a new one. That's what he fucking said. So he thinks of women only as their genitalia, apparently. Oh, um, they're horrible. serving a particular need, yeah. Disgusting, disgusting man. That Nothing you could... If he gave me a million bucks every year in my tax return, I still couldn't vote for the man. Yeah. Money is uh, not... But I, I, I'm just... I'm admitting to something here. So yeah. I'm, try, I'm actually trying to support something. Support Steve. Whoa. Well, I, not so much support as to say I understand that because I would have been guilty of it, too. Um, Ted Kennedy. I love Ted Kennedy. Voted for Ted Kennedy. I knew he was a womanizer, and I, I also knew that he had too much of a hand in that girl dying and off the Chappaquiddick Bridge. In that he was driving in the water. Yeah, absolutely. He drove her in the water and then swam out. And then left her there to die. So what what is wrong with me, I guess i got to ask, and I'm not going to ask that for you here. (laughs) What is is wrong with us as a society that we will allow certain people to get away with certain things? That's the question that I'm trying to pose in this whole story. I think it's the way we lower. Where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? I, I guess in my head, to be as honest as I can be, with Ted, it was who he was running against. I've said, even though he, he playboy, whatever, I couldn't stand the idea of And that's, that's what that's the Trump the supporters say. Yeah. So, so we don't vote for pure of character. Well, I kind of question whether we really should, to be honest. Like, in the case of Ted Kennedy, what he was actually able to do in terms of policy was pretty beneficial and, uh, you know, I'm obviously not condoning the even way for women somebody and I might I don't know if I would have voted for him either but I can certainly see the argument for maybe I want to vote for the person who will do the best for the country I think the question is uh, it's not like um, a Ted Kennedy comes up in a randomized uh, lottery 
People in power pick and groom and present and put people in, in these places. Right. Like for the, the Republicans forward. do that, though, with Trump? I don't think so. Right. But there's the Tea still, Party did, maybe. Yeah, the Tea but. Party. And, like, there's, there's things that happen where these people get. Um, and I think we should separate... Uh, Honestly, I don't think that there's an argument that the Republican Party is all that concerned with... Um, I remember when they were doing the debates when Trump first won, and Jeb Bush was in like some kind of discussion with Trump, and he actually was like... The Bushes don't like Trump. Very famous. He yeah. literally said, he's like, I literally can't even participate yeah. anymore. They came out I'm all him. done. Yeah, like, they, this is not my... And I thought highly of This Jeff is not my Republican yeah. Party, and I'm going to walk away from this conversation. Mm-hmm. You are not a representative of what I believe Mitt in. Mitt Romney said the same thing. Yeah, so he... Yeah. That speech, not that I am a fan of anybody, but the fact that he stood up to his party and literally left the stage. He was like, I'm done. Like... I can't, I'm not going to fight with somebody who doesn't realize the importance of this position, slash what he's saying about half of our country. You know, like, he was not happy. Well, you, you've given me something to think about. Good. That's the That's whole good. point. I have to, to kind of re-examine some of my old attitudes. I'm 71, I mean... We um, all have to we re-examine. All do. Yeah. I think that's the point of this podcast, everybody to examine. And, and I think it's generational in terms True. of change. It's only going to happen gradually. True. Yeah, because in the time when Cosby was just coming on, uh, even before his TV shows, he was doing records and what have you, um, going to the Playboy Mansion, the attitude I can tell you as a young man about women was really out there. I mean, it was basically they were like game did you get her? Yeah, I, I'm still to some degree they still are, and I mean yeah. it wasn't until the mid '70s that a woman could even have a checking account on her own. So like clearly we've never we are struggling to be seen as equal citizens, as equal people. So are we moving enough and in the right direction? Would be the question. No, no I don't think no. not even close. And I think I, the people had problems with Hillary just because she was a woman. I think too. Yeah, could be. I mean, look at what they they go after Kamala all the time too. All you know. The time. That, uh, Michelle Obama. For real reasons. Yeah, Michelle Obama. They call her an ape in heels. Ugh. Yeah. By the way, that's our next president. You heard it here. Mm. Well, I don't know. Reading her book, saying Who? that she had to sit across from Michelle somebody who called Obama. her an ape in heels. She's uh, not go ahead, laugh class. at me. Go ahead. She'd laugh at Get you. Get out. She would laugh at you. That was yeah. on the. Um, have you ever watched David Letterman's new show, My Next New Guest? No. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, Obama's on it, and it's really good. Yeah. And he insinuates something about Michelle running, and, and Obama goes, "No, no, 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 no. She's done with public office. Mm-hmm. I could like what they did to her was terrible. Yeah, throwing yeah. away ten years of your life is enough. Yeah, yeah. She, it's a, it's a really good special though. If you, you like Obama, I'm, I'm not backing off. You heard it here. Okay, Dad. If I'm right. not here anymore, you, you heard, heard it here first. Oh, okay. But you're an Obama fan, so you should watch that episode. When, it's really good. Whenever I visit that parallel universe where this actually happens, I'll give you credit. <laughs> Do you know when people people used to say that to me about Barack? Yeah. Same thing I'm getting from this wise guy here. <laughs> oh, you're fucking crazy. A black. Oh, come Dad, on. Dad, don't let him whip out his Google at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so on that note, I guess it's a good time to end it. But yeah, I think the purpose of this podcast maybe is to be introspective if we all can and to try to be a part of the solution. That's a great. This is a great one. 
so, so who's up next and what are they doing do we know daddy's I'm up next and up it will next. be our january podcast so this is going to round us out for december even though today is the 31st and you probably won't post and, it today and you may think that mine is a continuation in a way of this but who killed sister kathleen Sisnek? never heard of uh, she was a, a nun a teacher in a in an all-girls school in the 70s who was trying to protect um, her girls from being sexually victimized by two male priests who were on the staff and she ended up murdered and found in a dump heap oh. that's all I'm gonna say for now all right sounds good sounds you can good. call the episode another Sunday <laughs> Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to us on this episode of Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite app so you don't miss an episode. You can also send us an email to cocktailsmocktailsandcrime at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Or Twitter at CMCrime1. See you all next week.